This message was presented at the DYC 2013 conference, Before Man and Angels, in Orlando, Florida. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.dycweb.org. Now, I'd like to just do a quick check. How many of you were here? Well, how many of you, for how many of you is this the first one of these sessions you're coming to? Okay. And so that means everyone else has been here for at least one or two of the other sessions. Is that right? Okay, great. We'll do a quick review. We'll do a quick review. And we'll start with going back to the first session, the need. Right? This is a, we said this is a large, about over 60 million people in this demographic. And they are also among the most difficult to reach. And what were some of the reasons that they were so difficult to reach? Just call it out. All right, for those of you who are here, they're self-sufficient, right? They can create heaven on earth for themselves. What else? What's difficult about reaching these people? We have lack of faith in studying with them because we think that they don't need God or we think that they think they don't need God. But actually, Spirit of Prophecy tells us that they think they need something and they just don't know what that is yet. So we have lack of faith. What else? What's, what else is difficult about reaching these people? What's that? Yes, they're rich, and so they can do whatever they want. They can, and the other thing is rich people hang out with who? All the rich people, right? And so when they are in their little echo chamber all the time, it's very hard for them to break out of that. It takes a lot of courage for them to confess Jesus. Right? So that's very difficult. And then what was the third reason that we said it was difficult to get uh, to witness to the, the worldly, wealthy, and well-educated? Sorry? Yeah, you need personal efforts. That's right. So it's very labor-intensive. Right? This is not, let's see how many tracks we can pass out in an hour. Right? That will not reach these people, or at least most of the time. And that's not my opinion. That's spirit of prophecy. And the third, uh, the third reason was procrastination. Because people just don't think about these issues of eternity and life and death until they're faced with it. And so they're enjoying life and they just want to have the good times roll. Great. And in order to work with this group and witness to this group, what are some of the principles that we talked about? Right? In order to work with this group, you need to... Well, personal, personal effort, personal attention. You need to bring your what? Your best effort, your A game. You ought to bring your A game to these people because they're always bringing their A, A game to whatever they're doing, right? And so you need to bring your A game. Now, that leads us to the next section, the method, where we talked about the framework and approach for how to witness to these people. And you remember I talked about a, a, a flywheel concept, Right? Can anyone tell us, or what, what, what was the first item? Where was the first item? What was the first item in the flywheel? Heart conversion. Yes, thank you. Heart conversion then leads to what? A Christ-like life. Thank you. And a Christ-like life will do what? Attract spiritual interests. And spiritual interests will then turn into what? Bible studies. And Bible studies will result in what? Conversions, which will lead to what? Deepening your own heart conversion. Right? And we talked about each one of those steps and how witnessing is just as much, if not more, about your own spiritual walk as it is about whoever it is you're studying with. Amen? Amen. All right. So we talked about the flywheel. Now, what were some of the metaphors that we used for talking about how to witness to these people? So we had fly fishing because you're always casting for interest. You're trying to find the, the hungry fish. Other fish who are not hungry are just going to swim right by. But that's okay because you're looking for the hungry fish. What was the other metaphor that we used? Just fruit picking, right? And you're gently, gently just testing the fruit, seeing which one is ripe. And if you yank a fruit off the tree, it will die and it will never become ripe fruit. 
And so that's why we have to be very careful. And we're not, we're not going down the orchard with a mechanical harvester, right? And we are not dragging a net out the back of the uh, industrial uh, fishing boat, right? We are fly fishing. Good. And what were the three steps for witnessing to these people? So the first one was what? Does anyone remember? You want to build credibility, right? You want to build credibility by being excellent and bringing your best to whatever you do and having integrity. Being a living epistle is the phrase that Ellen White used. And then so building credibility. And then what was the second one? Have spiritual experiences, right? You have spiritual experiences, big and small. Small ones are great because that's your bait. You don't go to the bait shop in order to attract these spiritual interests. You have your own spiritual experiences, which you can then share, and that's your bait. So have, have spiritual uh, experiences. And the third one was what? Spiritual conversations, naturally. This should feel as easy and as natural to you as talking with someone about the weekend or, their, or the weather. And you remember we went through that list of example questions. There are more questions, but those were all actual questions that people had asked to me that I then used to turn into a spiritual conversation. And number one was what? What was the first question? How was your weekend? Or what are you going to do this coming weekend? And everyone has been asked that question. So that's the quick review. In this session, where we call it, I call it the experience, we're going to do a couple things here. One, first of all, I'd like to share a little bit more in depth, some more experiences and more testimonies of how I have used this and experienced this in my own sphere of influence. We'll do a little bit on that. And then we will do some role playing. So I will ask some, uh, I will ask for some volunteers of people who would like real life practice on how to do this. And we'll, we'll come up and, and we'll do that. And maybe uh, if, if any of you would like to play someone and, and you could, you know, maybe I can role play with you as well. But we're going to do some role playing because it's all safe here, right? It's, it's not scary here. This is, we can, we can just give it a shot and, uh, and not worry about it. And so we're going to do a little bit of role playing. I'm going to have a few remarks about sort of uh, tricky situations and, and things like that, a lot of which you've been asking about. Or, or, so we'll talk about that. And then at the end, I've asked a, a good friend of mine. Uh, I, those of you who are here, there was a, a gentleman, John Millay, who is a very talented uh, singer-songwriter. He's going to come up and share a, um, just a short piece of uh, music from a, uh, a project I've been involved in as a cellist. From my prior life as a cellist, I've been involved in this project called The Lamb Wins. It's, it's in the exhibit hall. You may have noticed it already. And he's going to come up and share a song about life eternal, which I think would be a very fitting way for us to remind ourselves what this is all about. What this is all about. It's about souls for the kingdom. It's about for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. That's Paul writing to the Thessalonian church. And so that's what we're going to do today. It's going to be action-packed. And so we'll just uh, go right into it. This is a brief presentation that I gave at my company. At my company, they have these... Um, when you get to a certain level and they evaluate you as having a certain amount of potential, they invite you to these beauty pageants called training. <laughs> we don't have a swimsuit competition, but we do have an assignment, and that's to do a seven-minute presentation about you. You're supposed to give your background. You're supposed to tell people what you do for the company. And you're supposed to tell people what your, they call it BHAG. Does anyone know what a BHAG is? Uh, Jim Collins, who I referred to earlier, he coined this acronym BHAG, which is Big, Hairy, Audacious Goal. And basically, it's what's your aspiration in life? And so I gave this presentation in front of the CEO of my company and all of his direct reports. So the 10 most senior people in my company. 
um, which, is, which is Vanguard Group, which is the largest mutual fund company in the world. We manage over $2.5 trillion. That's a T. <laughs> we talked about how big a billion was before. A trillion is a thousand billions, and we manage 2.5 of them. And so I gave this presentation to the CEO of that company and all of his direct reports. So I talked about where I was from, Korea, Boston, California. I talked about how I used to be a professional cellist, not David Kim, but I didn't have a picture of myself playing cello, so I thought maybe Yo-Yo Ma's picture would be just as good. <laughs> I talked about my business career. I talked about what I do. I was in, at the time, I was in the corporate strategy department where I worked on various projects for the company. And then this was my BHAG. And my BHAG was to live authentically and integratively to the fullest and to always bring my best to every part of my life. And I, I defined that as faith, family, and career. Now, this was just one slide out of seven in front of the CEO and his direct reports, but it was just adding that little bit. It, that was bait. Right. That was casting. And now the entire senior leadership of my company knows that I'm a Christian. And so this is just one example of how you can integrate your faith and your witnessing into everyday situations. Your, yours might be different from this, but I didn't make a big deal about this. I didn't make any bigger of a deal about this than any of the other seven slides. But it's just a fact. And I presented it that way. Does that make sense? You remember, if you were here, we want to present things factually and then let them be curious. All right, so that, that's one example. Here's a, Dilbert is a very famous uh, cartoon, which you may have read. And uh, Dogbert is the consultant, of which I used to be one. And he always comes in and torments the employees. And so here he says to this employee, have my poems and dances healed your soul yet, Alice? The company cares about your total well-being. Which is funny because what I'm about to tell you about is one of the diversity initiatives at our company uh, put on an event. And the event was a poetry reading. So this was real life. This was real life. It was a poetry reading. And I was highly skeptical of it for a variety of reasons. Uh, by the way, diversity, uh, corporate America, for those of you who are interested in that area, is one of the most politically correct uh, institutions in the country. Probably, certainly second to the university, but very politically correct. And oftentimes, we as Christians feel like we're getting the short end of political correctness because you have to respect everyone else but you don't have to respect Christians. But what I will tell you is that you can very effectively, I've done this, you can invoke diversity as you share your faith. And you can turn that political correct uh, worldview to your own advantage by invoking it and saying, this is another legitimate worldview that I am representing, that I live my life by, and you need to respect that. Do you see what I mean by using that to your own advantage? Amen? All right. So they had a poetry reading. I was highly skeptical of this. I wasn't even going to participate until a friend of mine basically goaded me into doing it. And so I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to participate in this, I'm not going to just read some random poem. I'm going to submit the 23rd Psalm as my poem, which I will share at the poetry reading. And I submitted it online, I sent that email, and I thought, they're never going to accept this. Because it's politically correct. This is the diversity committee. They're not going to let some Christian get up there and share the 23rd Psalm. Well, the Lord has a sense of humor because it came back and they said, thank you for your participation, and you will be participating in this poetry reading. So I got up in front of a, you know, it was probably a, I don't know, 60 people or something in, in that part of the company. And I shared the 23rd Psalm. And I can't tell you how many people came up after that and just thanked me for sharing something from the Bible. 
There are people who want that. There are people who believe that. And you can be a light in that darkness. So these are a couple examples. Other examples, all of these are ones that I've actually used in my witnessing, uh, in being a witness. Uh, hallway conversations. We talked at, at length about that. How was your weekend? That's a typical hallway conversation. Well, I went to church. Right? And that's the beginning of a spiritual conversation. Uh, saying grace at, at meals. Now, people are of different minds about this. I personally, I don't make a big production of saying grace um, when I'm in the cafeteria with a group of people who I don't know what their spiritual outlook is. But anytime I know someone is a believer or has expressed interest before because I've had hallway conversations with them, I will ask them if they would like to say grace with me. So that's another opportunity that you have. And I keep it short. I keep it short. Coaching conversations. I talked about how um, I'm a coach and mentor to a number of individuals at my company. And they will ask me questions about leadership. And they will ask me questions about work-life balance. And they'll ask me questions about being successful. And I will always bring it back to my faith, my walk with the Lord, uh, prayer. But I keep it factual. Factual in tone. Factual in tone. I don't go into a big theological discussion of, of how the Holy Spirit comes upon me when I'm trying to deliberate through a really important decision. Right? Because they're not there. They're gonna, it, it, I might as well speak to them in Portuguese. If I spoke Portuguese, it would be the same thing. But I don't speak Portuguese. But it's the same thing. Does that make sense? Because when we get into theological, religious topics and talk, we need to put on the decoder ring and we need to speak about it in ways that they can understand. Otherwise, you might as well be speaking to them in a foreign language because it really is. It really is like a foreign language to them. So coaching conversation, vacations and holidays. I brought up this example. I'm going to a conference put on by my church for New Year's, right? People always ask you, what are you doing for vacation, right? Very easy, factual, factual, and you're casting. Oh, during meetings and tense situations, I will tell you, I, do I have time for this story? I think I do. I'll share a brief story with you. The Lord is always working on me from a character development point of view. Amen? Uh, some of you may also be having this experience. If you're not, I'm sorry for you. Uh, there was a project that I was leading. It was very high stakes, very high visibility, and uh, a peer of mine was being critical of the work. And she was being critical. She was sending, she was doing the old move where she sends me an email but copies her boss and my boss, criticizing the work. And I thought, oh, am I going to get into an email thing? Because, you know, these email things, they can just spiral and spiral, and nothing good comes of email things. And I distinctly felt the Lord saying, just take a step back. So I did not reply to the email. I mean, I did one, one exchange, but she kept on coming. So I just, okay. The Lord said, stop. Just let it, let it ride. So I let it ride. The next day was the big presentation in front of my boss and her bo boss, and then my boss's boss and her boss's boss. Right, so, and these were some of the people who I told you earlier were in that, they, they all report to the CEO, right? So this is a very senior audience. And we're in the presentation and I'm in the middle of this, this section and she starts to talk. And I just thought to myself, she is not gonna go there, is she? In front of this group at this time? Because what she was going into was so nitpicky and so small, it would frankly make her look bad, not me. And so she started going there. And I just thought, oh, Lord, what should I do? And I sent that silent prayer up to the Lord because we need to pray without ceasing. We need to pray without ceasing, including in your meetings and your day-to-day -day interactions. So I said, Lord, what should I do? And I remember I took a breath and I was ready to respond to her in a nice way, but I was ready to respond to her. And her, her problem was, I'm not, she was saying, I'm not convinced that we've uncovered everything we need to uncover. I think there's more here and we're missing it. And so that's what she said to this very senior audience. And I took a breath in and I remember I started speaking some words. I was going to say something like, well, maybe we have. I'd love your thoughts as to what we might have missed. Just trying to 
keep it, keep it calm. But before I could get one word out of my mouth, the, the, the two most senior people in the room talked over her and said, I don't think we've missed a thing. We've done exactly the right stuff in this project, and I think it is spot on. Amen. Because I didn't have to defend my work. Her boss's boss was defending my work. And only the Lord, I couldn't have orchestrated something like that. Only the Lord can do that. And the Lord has a thousand ways to bless us of which we have no idea. And so during meetings and tense situations, that is when your character will be tested and that's when uh, the Lord can bless your witness. And then the last thing I'll say here is I'll pray for you. Uh, there are people, you know, in companies and in colleges and wherever you are, real life is happening, right? Real life is happening. We all clean up nice and we smile and we, right? But real life is happening. And people are sick and people have issues and people have family problems and whatever it is. And if I have a sense that someone is open to spiritual things because of the hallway conversations I've been having with them, I will tell people that I will pray for them about that thing. And so these are all simple ways. And you'll notice it starts with having these connections with people. Because if I have no idea where a person's at and I jump right to, I'll pray for you, that'll be, maybe that'll work out fine. Praise the Lord. But that could easily also work out to, what are you talking about? Right? Are you one of those crazy Christian people? Right? So these are other opportunities for witnessing, and, the, and there are just so many more like that. All right, so with that, it's time for a little bit of role-playing. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to set up a scenario, and then I'm going to give, and this is information that everyone will have, and then I will give the two participants special information that only each individual has. And then they will have a conversation. And we will observe that conversation. And then I'd love for us to have a, a brief discussion about what worked and what didn't work as well. Does that make sense? All right. So we'll see how many of these we can get through. But any, any uh, people who would like to, any brave souls who would like to be, uh, we need two people. We need the witness and the witnessee. Or the person who's being, yes, thank you. Come on, come on up. Come on up. Okay. You want to be the witnessy? Okay, you can be the witnessy, and you can be the witness. All right, just take a moment to read those, and I'm going to set up the mics here. All right, so you can come up to the mics and talk into the mics for the benefit of the recording and for the benefit of the room. And I'm sorry, and your name is? Kendra, we have Kendra and Dina, Dini. Dini, right? Okay, so Kendra, just step up to the mic. And um, you guys ready? Do you feel like you got it or should I take a question? I'll take a question while they're preparing. Any questions? No questions. Wow, we had so many questions in the other sessions. I guess all the questioning people left. All right. Chill it? Yeah, I have. In fact, it happened relatively recently. There's a woman who I'm very good friends with at work. And I, I know she's, uh, she goes to an Episcopalian church. So she, she's a practicing Christian. And so one of the things that I mentioned was I will offer to say grace or invite someone to say grace when we have lunch together if I know that they're a Christian. So we'd been doing this for a number of times, but the most recent time, and I've had a sense that her spiritual walk was sort of dwindling based on our conversations. And this most recent time, she said, um, hey, next time maybe we could just not say grace. And I said, okay, that's fine. More information. I wasn't bothered by that. I, was, I mean, I was sad for her, but I wasn't offended personally. It wasn't like she had rejected me. And I just logged that information. I said, okay, next time we have lunch, I'm going to figure out a way to talk about where she's at. 
because clearly something was a negative slope on, on that trend line. All right. Um, with that, are you guys ready? All right, we'll take more questions as we go through this, but all right, so the scenario is John, uh, who's John? Kendra, are you John? Okay, you're, yeah, I think you're John, Jeanette, okay. Jeanette and Jane, Dini is Jane, and they are peers who work in different departments. They know each other professionally and are on friendly terms, but they haven't really had any particularly personal conversations. It's Monday morning and they find themselves walking out of their building at the same time to make the five minute stroll to the next building for meetings. And if you're on a college campus, you could very easily translate this. Given their working relationship, light banter would be expected as they walk. And with that, we will turn it over and see what happens. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you. All right, so what worked about what just happened here? What did you observe? Common ground, right? Finding ways to get along. Thank you. What else? Sympathy and empathy, right? We are developing a personal connection. This is personal work. What else? Yeah, that's right. She was enthusiastic about the healthy food. Yes, that's wonderful. What else? She was very friendly. Yes, we should be friendly people. Amen? Amen. What else? Yes. Yes, great observation. That's a great observation. Making a statement in the form of a question. Yes, that's right, because no one gets offended at a question. Uh, well, they could, I guess. But great, <laughs> great observation. Um, okay, great. Anything else? All right, now let's talk about uh, things that could have been done differently or better or you know, missed opportunities. This was actually very, very good. So I think there's not much here, but perhaps someone has an observation on that. Yes, sir. She could have. She could have said something like, you know what, um, I don't know how you feel about this stuff, but I'll pray for your sister. And, and people are often open to that kind of statement. But you kind of have to feel it out a little bit, right? That would have been a little bit, that would have turned the knob just one more notch. Thank you. A anything else that you might have observed? Yeah, so no mention of church. That, that could have been, that, that's a slam dunk. That's easy. We talked about that earlier, of course, where um, you know, it's just a fact. I went to church. Uh, I, I was uh, sharing with someone the other, uh, over lunch and saying, look, if I have to listen to you talk about your pub crawl, then you can listen to me mention that I went to church. Right? It's just, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's not the same thing, but from a... <laughs> But from a conversation quid pro quo perspective, it's the same thing. Because no one would hesitate to tell, tell you about their pub crawl, right? No one would ever think twice about that. Dude, I got totally wasted, 
right? No one would think twice, well, at some companies they might, but no one would think twice about saying, oh, well, I went downtown and we went to a club. No one would think twice about that. So don't, there's nothing wrong. In fact, it's very natural that you say, well, I went to, that's great, you went to a club. Well, I went to church. <laughs> All right, great, great. Well, that, that was excellent. Let's do another one. Who, two more volunteers? I see a hand in the back. Come on up. Thank you. And I see another hand here, this gentleman. Come on up. And while you're coming up, I will set up the scenario. And let me give you the, the sheets. All right. You can be the witnessy, and you can be the witness. Okay? All right. And while they're doing that, so the scenario is welcome to the neighborhood. Uh, we've got Larry and Rob, who are peers who used to work together many years ago at a different firm, who have ended up working together again when Rob joined Larry's company. It's been about a month since Rob joined, and they're finally catching up over lunch. So we're, we're seeing a lunch scenario here. And while they're reading their parts, I'll take another question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, that is a good question. I, I think the first question I would pose is, what is it that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. The question is, is what do you do when someone asks to study the Bible with you, but you have no time? And the first thought I would have is, what is occupying the rest of your time? And I would go through that list of things and figure out what is more valuable than what you could be doing in studying the Bible with this individual. And I am not saying, by the way, I said in an earlier se uh, session, I have more people who I could study the Bible with than I have time to do. Praise the Lord. But I don't think the Lord wants us to sacrifice our families, for example. You see some people in ministries who will serve everyone else and have nothing left for home. And that is not something that I could do. So you have to be very realistic with yourself about what is it that is taking up this other time and what can come off that list. And that's what I would, that's what I would leave you with. Great question, very practical. All right, you guys ready? Larry, so Larry and Rob, right? All right, go for it. Um, how you doing, Rob? Great, how are you? Um, well, it's good to see you. Um, I don't think these mics are working. Wait, it's 4th of July. Uh, this one is working. And now they're working, thank you. All right, talk into the mic so that everyone can hear you. All right, start, start over again, sorry. All right, there's something wrong with these mics. Can you just turn them off? We'll use the lapel mic and um, get closer. <laughs> All right, good. here we go. How you doing, Rob? It's good to see you today. Good to see you too. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, how do you like the company? How's work coming? It's coming pretty well. How about you? Uh, it's going well. You know, I, um, I see you moved into the area, and I myself have moved. How are you finding um, the area and settling in? It's been pretty well. My wife is being kind of feeling a little isolated in the new area, being at home with our son, you know. All right. All right. How old is, how old is your son? I have age three, and I have a daughter that's age one. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, um, have you guys tried going to any of the parks around the area? Yeah, we've been enjoying it pretty well. There are a lot of nice families there. Yes, uh, I um, actually on Saturday, just this past Saturday, um, after I went to church, I went to the park with my family, and we just sat down and just um, like fed the ducks and stuff. I find it really relaxing, and it's a good opportunity to meet people in the community. So, great, thank you, thank you. Let's give them a round of applause. Great, thank you, thank you. All right, so observations. What worked well in that interaction? 
Not a trick question. He's showing concern, empathy, sympathy. Very good. What else? What else worked? Yes, yes, ma'am, in the back. He gave a practical suggestion that was Yes. He, that was excellent. When, when uh, Larry, no, yeah, Larry, when Larry said, this Saturday after church we went to the park, it's almost like subliminal. Right? It's almost subliminal, but it's there. And if a fish is hungry, uh, he or she will find that. But if they're not, then they'll swim right by, but it won't be awkward. Right? That was excellent. Yeah. Anything else that worked? Yes? Perhaps he must have heard that people that go to church apparently um, want to meet people in their community. Yeah, so that was a good connection to something that was a felt need of the individual. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yes, sir. I think knowledge is kind of important. The guy knew that there was a bar close by, so you have to know your surroundings. You have to be, yeah. Yeah, you have to be prepared, right? You have to be prepared for this conversation. And that's where having breadth of interest beyond just, remember we talked about that. We love reading the Bible, but it's okay to read other things that sort of give you... Um, cultural vocabulary, right? Because we're talking about different languages here. Yes? Yes, yes. So that, that, that's, that's right. You want to be clued into all those things that are in people's lives because this is a personal work. Yes, so thank you. Any um, suggestions of things that, that could have been done differently? No? Yeah, that, that's, that's right. That's a good suggestion, especially because these are people who've worked together before, right? So these are uh, prior colleagues, and now they're reunited. And so I think that's a, that's a great observation. Good. But very well done. Both uh, so far have been very well done. Apparently, people have been paying attention. All right. Let's, um, you know what? Let's do one more. This will be the last one. Any two volunteers for the last one? Y yes, sir. Come on up. Okay, great. All right. So, you can be Carl, and you can be Andy. All right? And have a, a go ahead by the mics. Oh, wait, the mics don't work, right? All right. All right, so. This one's entitled, Heaven is for Real. Carl and Andy are friends who started at the firm together right out of college and have known each other for over 10 years. They get together for lunch once per quarter to stay in touch, and they are in the cafeteria enjoying their conversation. Okay, so while you guys are reading your parts, I'll take another question. Yes, ma'am. Granny's actually dead, right? That'll go over really great. Yeah. Right. Well, that's because you never worked at the National Psychics Association before. <laughs> but seriously, so here's what I would do in that situation. First, I would wait for someone to approach me about it. I just keep kind of casing the joint, figuring out what's what, you know, it's like, because you're gaining information, right? It's almost like you're a secret agent, right? And you're a secret agent, you gotta know what's going on in people's heads, right? The more you know what's going on in their head, the more capable you will be to respond to it. All right, so first is I'd wait for them to approach me about it. Second, I would, once someone does approach me about it, and they say, hey, what do you think about this? Whatever it is, psychics or, or the dead, and I'd say, um, First thing I'd say is, well, what do you think about it? Right? I think it's very 
the first thing, so first thing I would do is, what do you think about it? Hear what they think about it, because again, I'm getting information. I'm getting information. Once they're done saying what they think about it, then I would say, why do you think that? Right? So now they're still, now they're talking again, and I'm getting more information, and more information, and more information, and then, because she won't, she won't remember that she actually asked you, because once you start asking them, they'll just keep on giving you information. And then finally, once that's all exhausted, if, you're, if they're still interested in the conversation, because now I've got a bunch of information, odds are there's something that was said in all of that that can become a hook, right? So it could be something like, you know, I don't know if you're a Christian, but I don't actually read it that way, right? Well, you know, I don't read it that it you know, psychics or whatever. I don't read it that way. What do you think about that? So basically, you can have this dialogue with them. Mostly you're asking them questions. You know, it's like they say, don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes. It's just like this. You're gaining information, information. You're processing, processing. And then you see your opening and you go. Does that make sense? All right, well, we can talk more about that. All right, you guys ready? All right, so we got Carl and we got Andy. You guys might get, need to get closer in to get the mic. Hey, Andy, how you doing? Good, Carl. It's good to see you again. Well, nice seeing you. How is everything going at home? Uh, pretty well. Um, there is one thing. Yeah. Uh, well, my, my grandma died. And, uh, well, it's pretty sad for the family, but uh, we're glad that she's lived a full life. She's a bit old, but, you know, she was a bit old when she died, but she's looking down from us from heaven now. It's, I mean, it's comforting. Oh, okay. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to think about this one. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so what are your views on heaven? Views on heaven? Well, it's definitely real. You know that kid's book? Yeah, yeah that one he wrote about heaven's for real. I, I believe it's for real. It's definitely a real place. And, I mean, my grandma has to be there. Was she a good Christian when she died? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She went to church on Sundays all the time, uh, Sunday school leader. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, what do you think about when is she actually in heaven? You think she's like right after she died, or you think not yet? I don't know how long it takes to get there. I figured <laughs> she's there. I really hope so. Yeah, I think she's there. Well, you know, um, reading my Bible, I don't. I think I have a different opinion on on that. I remember you telling me you're a Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. Like, what, did, what do you guys say about, you know, reading your Bible and all that? Like, I, I know, I, I read my Bible, but this is what my pastor told me. Well, how about we get together maybe later outside of work and maybe we can discuss it. Oh, cool. Great. Give him a round of applause. Thank you. Excellent. Th this was a tough one, right? This is a tough one. And I thought they did a great job. I thought they did a real nice job. So, same thing. What worked? Thoughts on what worked? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I kept the conversation going. Kept, you know, uh, just asking questions. Very good. What else? What worked? Yes, sir. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Honestly, for a while there, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to make it. But then once, where are you? <laughs> okay, I, oh. Yeah, there you are. Once you went, hey, let's talk about it some other time, you know, off campus or, you know, after work. That was brilliant. Because when you don't know what to say, you can always, you can always deflect, you can always sort of buy yourself time until, right, because don't shoot until you want to shoot. Don't ever be forced into shooting by the other person, right? Yes? His friend knew he was a seventh-day Adventist and he had a positive view of that. 
Yeah, that's great. And, and that's, that's why we need to be living epistles. Because going along the way, we need to be building that credibility so that when the moment comes, we will have the right to have that conversation. Yeah, that's right. What, what else? Uh, what are some ways to, uh, of improvement or, or other things to do differently? Any thoughts? Yeah, that's right. When we are when we're confronted with kind of with this kind of thing, sometimes we can go deer in the headlights. Yeah. It's like, whoa! I didn't expect that to come out of your mouth, right? And so it is really important for us to be up on what other people believe, and that's why asking questions is so important. That's why asking questions is so important. And um, you know, they talk about the gag reflex. Well, you got to suppress that. <laughs> Right? I've had people say things to me which I'm just like, are you kidding me? But you just say, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Why do you think that? Right? You can always say, oh, that's interesting. Why do you think that? No one would ever take offense at that. Why do you think that? So that's great. Well, I want to, let's have a round of applause for everyone who participated in the role plays. Great. And by the way, all of these are actual situations I've been in. So I, I just want you to know, these are not made up. This is the real stuff. And as you guys get into this kind of ministry and this kind of witnessing, you're going to come across this all the time. And you want to be prepared. Okay? Um, we've, we've had a number of questions along the way about hot topics. Right? Things like origins, uh, theodicy, or you know, good and evil, you know, good God, evil exists, go figure. Right? Sabbath versus Sunday. Is Christianity the, really the only way? Right? Homosexuality uh, sexuality and marriage is a, is a hot topic. Uh, abortion can be a hot topic. Uh, welfare and kind of social justice, as if, you, if I can use that buzz phrase, that can be a hot topic. And there are pro probably others. In general, what I would say here, and we don't, you know, obviously each one of these could be its own six-part seminar at GYC. Right? So I'm not going to be able to address all of it, but what I would say as a principle is focus on premises and logic, not details. Fo focus on the premises and the logic, not the details. Here's, here's one example. So someone, um, someone talked to uh, So I saw a woman who uh, I studied with an undergraduate. She's a brilliant violinist. She has a doctorate degree from Juilliard, and she went to Yale. You know, very impressive woman. And I, I, I had dinner with her when I was uh, traveling on business uh, for the first time in probably 15 years. It's been a long time. Been a long time. And where do you begin? Hey, what's going on? Right? It's like 15 years. But anyway, our, our conversation turned towards spiritual things. And one of the things she asked about was, but what do you, you know, Christians are so close-minded what do you think about gay marriage? Right? I don't know if any of you have ever been asked that question. But what I said to her was, in a nutshell, what I said was, we need to disentangle the issues. There's homosexuality and then there's marriage. Those are two separate issues. Homosexuality is a, depending on what your school of thought is, it's, it's you're born with it or it's a behavior or it's a lifestyle. There's a range of opinions out there. Marriage is an institution which has itself two parts. One is a governmental status, and one is a religious institution. We need to be very careful not to conflate these issues. So point one was, I didn't get into the details of what I think, but simply what I said was, I recognize that there are actually at least four, five, six different issues going on in this thing that we call gay marriage. And then the second thing I said was, as a Christian, because we had had it, we're, we're in the midst of a, a very deep spiritual conversation. As a Christian, I can't help but see what's written in the Bible and understand that in that system, I'm, I'm speaking very factually about it, in the biblical worldview, homosexuality is a sin. 
It's, it, that's not a mystery, that's obvious. Right, that's just a fact. And then I level the playing field. And adultery is a sin, and lying is a sin, and greed, etc., etc. These are all sins, and God does not single out one sin as being good and one sin as being bad. It's all sin. And so I start there, and then I just say that the, the whole issue then of what a government decides to do about this lifestyle choice, whatever you want to call it, what a government decides to do about it is a totally separate issue from a theological issue about uh, homosexuality. So, so that's sort of the tenor of the conversation. That's sort of the tone, the language, and the vocabulary I use. I try to be very objective, very factual, and just brutally logical about it. Now, some of you, may, that may come more naturally than others, but my advice to you would be, we got to bring our A-game, right? Work on how to talk in this way about these issues. Because otherwise you get into the doom loop about what you think and what I think and you're a bigot and, right, and there's nothing good that comes out of that. Yes, sir? Yeah, I, you know, I think I did, I think I saw a headline about that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they're doing all kinds of stuff to the Bible. Yeah, you know, I don't, honestly, I just, I'm not aware of any of that, so, um, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> well, in your case, it sounds like you're talking to someone who's already in the church about this, and that's a whole other kettle of fish. What I'm talking about, actually, I would probably say the same thing to that person, but what we're talking about here is, you know, because... The wealthy, worldly, and well-educated, I mean, they are all so politically correct, and they want to talk about these things, and we're all bigots. And we have to show them we're not bigots. We just have a worldview. We have premises, and we have logic that results in certain ideas and positions based on that. It's purely logical. So um, the other thing I do want to say about that, it was really, uh, and I think you'll find this encouraging, she was talking about her own spiritual background and how she grew up so confused because she didn't have religion in the home. And she was saying, you know, I think there are a lot of good things about religion. For example, you know how the Jews observe the Sabbath? I think that's just wonderful. That's what she said, right? And of course then I took that, I stepped right through the door, and I said, well, you know what? We observe the Sabbath too, right? Because it's in the Bible. So anyway, um, hot topics. And there, you know, there are a lot of others, but, but the point is, is focus on the premises and the logic, not the details. Or at least that's, a, that's something, that's a fight for another day, or a, a discussion for another day. Because you're not fighting with your prospects. I know I've been using some uh, imagery about don't shoot till you see the white of their eyes and stuff, but yeah, it, we are, um, the whole point is to be very deliberative. Don't, don't get caught somewhere you don't want to be, you always need to be, you need to be playing chess when they're playing checkers, okay? So it's, it's all about getting information and thinking this through. Um, we have five minutes left, and I had mentioned that I wanted my, uh, my good friend, John Millay, to come and share a song about eternal life from the Lamb Wins Recording Project. And so while you're getting your guitar ready, uh, I'll ask for also one other thing.
Could you hand out the handouts? Any of you who have not been, so the, all these handouts will, be, I'm gonna put these at the campus. You can go ahead and start handing those out. If you haven't, if you're new to this session, please get a form from this gentleman. Um, we're going to be posting all this information at the websites at the bottom of that form so you can detach that for your own reference. But also, we're trying to build a, um, uh, just a, a list of people who have interest and passion and a burden for the wealthy, worldly, and well-educated. And people who want to be in touch, learn about resources, uh, equ be equipped, and so forth. So if, please raise your hand so he can give you uh, one of the forms and then you can hand it to him on the way out or you can bring it up forward to me and, and we'll take your information. Um, and while John is getting ready, uh, any other questions? Yes, sir. Yeah, in that case, um, and this would be authentic for me, and you'd have to think about what the equivalent is for you, but in my case, I'd say, what's up with the whole zombie thing anyway? Yeah. Right? It's like, when, you know, I, it seems like I went to bed and then all of a sudden woke up and everyone's talking about zombies. And I'd just let her talk about that for a little while, and then I'd find a way to change the, con uh, change the conversation at some point. Uh, because, yeah, there's no point in getting into fisticuffs over something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'll, we'll do that after. Are you ready? Yeah. Great. Yes, they are. I think I can just do it like this. You can do it? Okay. You want me to raise this one? Um, sure. Why not? Oh, you know what? I don't know if they're going to work because they were like doing fireworks before, like that. So anytime someone spoke into them, but you could. Hello. Oh, you, we'll be all right. Okay. So um, John and I were, are both on the Lamb Winds recording project, and uh, there's a beautiful song. He'll say something about it, sure. I guess. Yeah. He'll tell you about it. Uh, there you go. That's the fireworks. I, I uh, called a print shop on my way here to get some new business cards printed because I'm almost out. I went to pick them up just this afternoon. And uh, it's hard to find things around here. So I had to, I raced back here and jogged from the hills with my guitar. But I made it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, so that was, how do you like that? It was a little explanation, a little advertisement, all in one. Nobody laughing at my joke. <laughs> So the song you're playing is? Um, the song I'm playing is called The River and the Tree of Life, and it's based on Revelation 22. Um, and Revelation 22, 1 through 4, has always been one of my favorite passages, and uh, in part because it's, it says, uh, well, in Revelation 21 as well, John, it says, and I, John, saw, and I like that because my name is John. But I also like that because um, it reminds me that uh, these aren't just ideas that he had or things that were told to him, but things that he saw with his own eyes. And he saw the river of life flowing from the throne of God and the tree of life beside it. And uh, so uh, that's what the song is about. It just, I don't know, to me when I, when I think about that, that John saw these things, um, that really brings it home for me and uh, reminds me that these are things that we're waiting for and uh, that are not so far off. So, anyway, can you all hear? Can you hear the guitar? Yes. Do you like harmonica? Yes. Are any of you a professional harmonica player? Good. <laughs> 
Amen. And thank you, John, for that. That's what it's all about, right? It's about the river and the tree of life and where we are trying to bring everyone we know to. So a few final words. Know what you believe. Be able to defend it. Know your mission and expect opposition. The direction and the results are from God, but the cooperation is from you. Not all choices are created equal. We talked earlier about how you can't have a strip club ministry. But the same thing goes for our, uh, what your choice of career is. There are certain careers where, there are many careers where you can be a very good witness. There are some careers where I just don't see it. And uh, people try to fit the square peg in the round hole, and it just doesn't work. Oh, and then it's, whoa, lost it. we lost the last point. We lost the last point. What was the last point? Well, you'll just have to find out. Okay. The last point is, it's not just what you say. It's also when you say it and how you say it. And hopefully, you've gotten a lot of practical, effective methods today to share your faith in whatever your sphere of influence is with the wealthy, worldly, and well-educated and beyond that. So. Uh, I want to thank you all for coming. I ran five minutes over. I apologize for that. Let's just close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to bring our character and our converts to heaven. We want to be at the tree of life, 
surrounded by those who we love on earth. And they will only get there if we do something in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that the ideas and the concepts and the approaches that were shared here would find a home in each and every heart and mind that participated in this seminar. Lord, I pray that you are glorified. I pray that people will be able to be powerful soul winners for you. We thank you. We pray for your continued blessing on the rest of this precious time at GYC. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, please visit us online at www.gycweb.org.